0: if you really want to do film, first of all, you should really love it. Like, you know, like really love it because it doesn't matter the amount of money you get paid to the amount of hours that you work. <laughs> if you're like truly passionate about this, you know, it, it's not it's not a money thing. So it's like, it's, it's more of a dedication and a, a true passion and a love. Like, and if you, you know, you're just gonna be putting like many, many hours into the film. I feel, I always tell people like, I feel like a part of me goes into the film, you know, like part of my soul or something.
1: Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process, and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Audrey Sirowat's on the show today. Audrey is a production designer in the television and film industry. Her film credits include Batman Begins, starring Christian Bale and directed by Christopher Nolan, Stranger Than Fiction, with Will Ferrell, Emma Thompson, and Dustin Hoffman, and The Last Shift, directed by Andrew Cohn and starring Richard Jenkins, Shane Paul McGee, and Ed O'Neill. I saw her latest film, The Last Shift, at Sundance this year, and was fortunate to interview her the day after I saw the movie. Most of the film takes place in a restaurant, where Richard Jenkins' character has been working his entire life. And as you will hear in this interview, Audrey was responsible for the look and feel of the film. I really like this film because in the first few scenes it feels like a light-hearted comedy but turns dark pretty quickly and eventually becomes an entirely different film than what you were expecting. Themes of race and class run deep while maintaining a thread of comic relief. Audrey's next film, Echo Boomers, starring Michael Shannon, is in post-production. Based on a true story, it's about five college graduates who decide the best way to get back in an unfair economy and live the life they've always wanted is to steal from Chicago's richest and give to themselves. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this chat with production designer, Audrey Sirawat. Audrey Sirawat, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, what, which, what brings you to Sundance?
0: Um, I production designed a film that premiered on Monday. It's called The Last Shift. It's starring Richard Jenkins and directed by Andrew Cohn.
1: And uh, I saw this movie last night. I wasn't able to make the premiere, but I, I, I was very impressed with the acting With the directing, I mean the whole thing. It's obvious as to why it got into Sundance. How did you get associated with that project?
0: Um, I was recommended. um, So I started my career in Chicago, and I live in LA now. And um, the film was shot in Chicago, um, and a producer had recommended me for the project. And um, I read the script. You know, I met with the director, and then you know, eventually I got hired on the project.
1: So. What was your role in the last shift? Like what was your your job title?
0: My job title is uh, is a production designer and that basically means that um you create the visual style and the look of the entire film. Basically it's accomplished by, you know, you get the script and you break it down and then you um pull a bunch of reference images from like movies or you know, photography books um and the internet, etc. and you create like a mood board. Um, to basically show what each set will, what the look and the feel of each set will be like. And also in terms of color palette and texture. Wow. Yeah. It's a very long process. (laughs) Wow.
1: I I had no idea how involved that. So uh, a mood board, what does that look like?
0: So basically everything that happens in production happens during prep. Like you can tell what the movie was going to look like when you went into my office. Um, They had a dedicated art office in Chicago and on all the walls was covered with images. So it looks like a collage, I would say, of different images that I had pulled and showed Andrew, the director, saying, hey, this is the direction that we're going to go in. You know, he'll be like, yeah, that looks good. Or what if we change this a little bit? You know, there's a lot of a lot of conversation with me and Andrew. And he also has some images that he shares. And then um, the DP will also come into the room. And, you know, it's like this this walk and talk, looking on the walls of all the images and, you know, the movie is basically splayed out on in my office, like, you know, what it's going to look like on each set. And then there's a lot of discussion between me and the director, the DP, the costume designer also is involved and um, the producers, you know, everybody would go into my office and kind of do a walkthroughs just so they could know and see what the look and the feel of the film would be like.
1: So who are the people that in terms of job titles that are mm-hmm. on your team, your visual team to determine the the mood and, and the look of this film?
0: The, the top position in the art department is the production designer. And um, that person is basically the one who develops the visual style of the entire film. And then there's the art director that works underneath that person who would execute the, um, the plans. And then underneath them is the, if there's construction, like we had a lot of construction in the restaurant so, um, and this film actually was a very low budget film, so I didn't have an art director. Um, I also work as an art director for other production designers. So I'm, I kind of do both, you know, when it's a very low budget film. And then you work with the construction crew, you know, and the way you do that, w- if you're an art director as well, is um, you do a 3D rendering. So I did a 3D rendering of what the and what the set would have, was, was going to look like. Because we, we had to rip out all these counters, and it was a Middle Eastern falafel
1: restaurant before. Really, not a chicken shack, huh? No. Okay.
0: It was very, very different. I mean, the colors were—it was just completely different. But you know, when you go into a location, you don't, you know, as a production designer, you don't—you look at it with different eyes. Like, you know, you you try to see if they have the bones, so then that way you can change the things inside. I mean, obviously, if you had a lot of money, we could build the entire set on a stage, but this is a low-budget film, so we had to kind of. Work with what we got, and they showed me a lot of locations. Actually, um, some were very scary, <laughs> like huge holes in the ground. And I was like, "Listen, that's, that's not going to happen," <laughs> you know. And then, um, so uh, sorry. And then the construction crew, and then there's painters, and then on the other department, set deck department, there's the decorator who gets all the furniture and the curtains and, you know, the carpeting, et cetera. Um, and then sh- she or he will have a team who they would have a lead man who kind of executes and gets all the um, objects and then the set dressers who dress in all of the pieces. And then there's the props department, the prop master, and then the prop assistants. And they're dealing with the props, which is basically everything that the actors handle like the burgers and the film and the spatulas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a I mean it's a lot of people. Oh, I'm sorry. And there's also a very important role, as the art coordinator, who works with me. And they're the ones that tre- keep track of the budget. You know, they talk to the vendors. They're kind of like they're in the hub of the art office. And they're the ones kind of like controlling that station, making sure everything gets, you know, a lot of the logistics gets paid out, et cetera.
1: Well, now we know why the credits are so long after a movie. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of people involved. Yeah, <laughs> and this is like on a small film, so.
1: And yeah. you're, you're overseeing most of these people in terms of the production designer having the grand vision, and of course, it sounds like you're working with the director on that stuff. But
0: yes, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, I oversee everything, and um, you know, I also talk to Andrew, and sometimes my team will talk to Andrew. I mean, he was really amazing to work with. He this is his first narrative. So he comes from a documentary background. So one of his things is like he wanted to look at, make it look like really realistic and not like a set. That was very important. So like if you watch the film, it's it's very layered. Like for example, like I Andrew would call me randomly like, hey, I'm at this um, you know fast food place on Roosevelt and the 18th. You should come down here. This is like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he would call me all the time. I'd be like, okay, I'm coming, you know, on my day off or whatever. And I just go check it out and kind of, Take pictures and images and observe the people and observe the space. You know, I went to a lot of fast food places for research, which isn't the best research in terms of health. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but um, but you know, it was fun. It was it was interesting to see like you know good examples like the signs, the menu signs. Um, When the prices changed, you know, if it was a higher end place, they would redo the entire sign. But in these lower end places, they would just put a piece of like masking tape and then write the new price, you know, things like that. And then like layer it up with tape, you know. Right. So we did that in our in the film. And um, actually, a lot of people thought it was a real restaurant. I had to turn a lot of people away. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: Because the menus, they're like, oh, when are we going to be able to try this food? I'm like, no, this is not, this is a movie. <laughs>
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I absolutely thought this was, you guys just dropped into yeah. a fish and chicken shack.
0: Oh, really? And, yeah.
1: And just oh. started, you know, filming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I guess that's a testament to the hard work that you yeah. did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people, I mean, you're not the only, people think that they're like, even people on the film crew, sometimes they're like, oh, wasn't it like this? I'm like, no, I've been here for seven weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I literally came every time someone called me during that movie. Like, what are you doing, Audrey? I'm like, I'm at the restaurant. I'm at the restaurant. It's like, you live there, you know? I would just add like a little sign here, a little layer there, a little thing there, just to build it up little by little every day. And so. so
1: the the work that you do that for planning when you get the script and you're talking to the director uh you're going to locations and scouting and that type of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um does does that does that end when the shoot starts or are you there on set during the shoot as well?
0: It's different on each set. Sometimes if I have the time I can be on set. Um oh I'm sorry. I, I forgot one position. It's a very important position. We have um, an onset dresser that represents the art department on set. So like when things need to get moved or changed, like, you know, they need to like hang the sign up higher or move this chair, et cetera. This person is the one that hustles throughout the film and makes sure everything looks good in the frame. So that person will represent the art department and he or she will always be there. So I'll like pop in and, you know, some days I'll be there and then some days I can't because I have to move ahead and you know, figure out the next setup.
1: Yeah, so, so you're based out of Los Angeles, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: But this was shot in Chicago? Yeah. So you really have to be willing to travel and stay for a prolonged period of time oh, then.
0: yeah, I mean, I, li- I live in LA, but if you ask any of my friends, I'm never there. <laughs> 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 I think I have people staying at my house more than myself. <laughs> right,
1: you're always on location. <laughs>
0: yeah, like I was just in Pittsburgh, like last year I was in Pittsburgh for a film, and then I was actually in Utah, we were shooting this film in Salt Lake City for three months. And then we did the last shift. And then before that, I was in New York. So it's like I'm maybe a month or two months in LA.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I'm busy, you know.
1: Nice. I'm looking at your um, your IMDB here. And I see 37 credits for the art department, 19 credits for art director, 34 credits for production designer, 12 for set decorator. A lot of different hats that you've worn yeah. over the years. <laughs> are, those, are those hats that you are are, uh, hats that you'll just, whatever the project is, uh, you may be working in that capacity, or have you, now that you're a production designer, is that your new sort of professional level that you're working at? If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Um, Well, when I started off, I took any job I could get in the art department. You know, like, um, it was props, set deck, and it didn't matter to me. Like, I wanted to know every single aspect of, you know, all the jobs in the art department, just so... When I became a production designer, I knew the troubles that they would face, you know um, And I was curious, you know I was like, oh, you know I, I'm now I just production design and art direct, but um, you know before I would I dabbled in props and, and all different kinds of positions just you know just so I can get. I just wanted to know what every position did, you know.
1: So how do you get a start in this industry in the art department?
0: I went to film school in Chicago at Columbia. And, you know, you start off by working on, like, student films. And basically working for free for a little while. <laughs> and then I started working f- under a production designer in Chicago, um, Marie Vesky. And she w- she's, like, this very tall, beautiful Estonian woman with, like, piercing blue eyes. And she's super tough. And so, like, if you could survive her, you know, like, her instructions and, you know, able t- to learn from her, like, um, I learned so much from working with her because she was she's just like uh, I don't know she's just like one of the best production designers I ever worked you know with so um she trained me a lot she was like no like I try to do something she's like no don't do it like that do it like this do it like this do it like this you know and I just listened to her I'm like okay because she has like a lot of experience I know there are reasons why you have to do things a certain way on a film set because it, you know people have done it many times and it just works you know so I trained under her and then eventually she would do, these bigger jobs because she started blowing up, and then she wouldn't do these smaller films. And she would be like, "Hey, do you want to do this smaller film?" And I'd be like, "Sure." I mean, I did. I'd work for like fifty bucks a day, like you know, when I first started. I mean, I didn't care. Like, I wanted to do it so bad. So, um, I'm sorry, I lost track of the question. <laughs> it's like how well, do you how yeah, do you how get do you, into this? How do you get yeah. how do you
1: get your your foot in the door basically? And it sounds like you sure. well, you knew that you wanted to be in film because you went to film school. Yeah. When you went to film school, did you have an idea of what department you'd be in or what you were Um, aiming for?
0: Well, when I first went to film school, I thought I wanted to become a producer. I mean, honestly, like I think like a lot of I mean, I don't know for me and maybe most people when people like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to work in film ever since I was a child. Like I love cinema. But you don't really know what the positions do, (laughs) you know, besides the director and the producer and the actors, like the basics, you know. So when you go to school, you start learning, oh, okay, this is what this person does. This is what this person does. And I thought, you know, when I came into school, I wanted to become a producer, but I wasn't really good at it and I didn't really like it so much. So it just wasn't for me. And then I started working with friends who wanted to do production design and I have an art background. So, and I was like, you know, I really like this. I like telling the story through the set, you know. So, you know, that's how I got in into the production design world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what year was that when you went to film school?
0: Oh God. <laughs> that's like how old I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it was about like fifteen years ago. Yeah. I'm thirty I'm thirty eight, I'm thirty nine.
1: Yeah. So so, so yeah. fifteen years ago you you go to film school. Yeah. And then how soon after graduating from film school were you actually making a living, being able to pay the rent and put food on the table through film?
0: Um, e- even now, like it's, 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 a lot of hustling. Like if, if you want to be in the film world, like it doesn't matter when you're starting. Well, you know, obviously it's, it's a lot easier for me now because I have a more established career, but you still have to hustle. That never, that never ends, you know? Yeah. Um, you still have to like make, you know, even though you're, you're designing bigger movies and you know what you did before, you still have to like make coffee dates with directors and keep up, you know, relationships with people that you worked with and, You know, call them, email them, big, hey, you know, just to make sure you're in their radar, you know, because you never know who's going to come up with the next project, you know, and you never know who's going to come up with a great script. I mean, you really have no idea. Like I've even once worked on a, a when I first started on a shoot and a grip was like impressed with my work. And if I found not he also was a producer, so that I was able to jump on the next. He's like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I was grouping on that shoot, but I'm actually a producer, and I was helping a friend. And I saw what you're doing. You're really a hard worker, and you know, I mean, everything can right. lead to like so many different things. Um, it is a lot of luck and fate sometimes. I mean, I I believe in that a little bit. So, you know, but I think that if you if you really want to do film, first of all, you should really love it. Like, you know, like really love it because it doesn't matter as long as, you, you know, the amount of money you get paid to the amount of hours that you work. <laughs> if you're like truly passionate about this, um, it you know, it, it's not, it's not a money thing. So it's like, it's, it's more of a dedication and a, a true passion and a love. Like, and if you, you know, you're just going to be putting like many, many hours into the film. You know, I feel, I always tell people like, I feel like a part of me goes into the film, you know, like part of my soul or something. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and then, so you you know, cause you want the film to be amazing, but, um, but yeah.
1: And it sounds like relationships are really important Oh yeah, uh, because you never know who's going to be helpful. I mean, sure. relationships are important regardless. I yeah. mean, you know, put away the self-interest, mm-hmm. especially in the film industry where uh, you are working with people who could be the next mm-hmm. Oscar, Oscar winning, whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and they can help you advance your career. Totally. Uh, and but the, the the indie film world sounds like an especially difficult environment to be in from a financial standpoint because yeah. when budgets are limited, yeah, uh, everybody's working for probably less money than they're worth. Yeah, you know, in terms totally. of like yeah. what what the fair market value would be for your services based upon your experience. Yeah, but just like with Richard Jenkins, mm-hmm. I mean, Richard Jenkins is you know. A yeah. list actor. Oh, he's,
0: he's probably one of the best actors I've ever worked with. I mean, he's phenomenal, yeah.
1: And he comes in on this project, this little yeah. indie film because he believes in it. Yeah. And and it, I think the cool thing about indie films and looking at The Last Shift is undoubtedly everybody there was there because they believed in this film. Yes. Not because of the paycheck. Yes. It's not yes. some Marvel movie or something. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, you know, if you want to do that, that's totally fine too. Yeah. But um but yeah, when you're working on these low budget indie films, it's like you do it because you like the script. And you know, sometimes you and you know, everyone has different tastes, obviously. Um so um it's not like maybe this script I really like and another designer doesn't. You know, what I mean, everything it's just kind of like I always look for interesting scripts, things that I want to tell a, I want to see a story that I haven't seen before, you know, but, you know, and I feel like in the, and this is why I love the indie world is that we have a little bit more freedom to do that, you know, because on the, on these Marvel movies and stuff, there's so many producers and so many groups of people that has a go through, then eventually the story kind of gets a little bit watered down Yeah. and the, the realness of it, the honesty and the truth that I love in these indie films and, you know, um, it's just, um, it's more
1: apparent, as you may have noticed, there are great resources and advice mentioned in all our episodes. And for many of them, we actually collect all of these resources for you in one easy place, our newsletter. You can go to dreampathpod.com newsletter to join. It's not fancy, just an email about each week's episode, featured artists, and resources to help you on your journey. Thanks. And now back to the interview. When you read the script, did you know that Richard Jenkins was attached?
0: I don't remember. I think that Andrew told me he was sending it out to him. I don't remember. But, you know, it, it does also another factor that, I, you know, I've noticed that, like, you know, I, I put a lot of hours in my the films that I work on. So I before I actually do a job, I research the director and see their previous work and see, like, what direction they want the film to go to. And I always hope that they want it to go to, like, Sundance and, you know, not just, like, a mo- like a lifetime movie or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I want their aspirations to be very high because I want the look to be like, even though we don't have enough money to have a very high production value, you know, and by, you know, figuring it out. Yeah. So what attracted <laughs>
1: yeah. you to the script?
0: Well, one, I had never done a restaurant film before. So I thought it was very interesting that like, basically 70% of the film takes place in this restaurant. And, you know, if you watch the film, it's actually like a, another character you know, and I talked to Andrew about it. Um, you know, we have to make the audience um, interested in the visual look of the restaurant. But we also didn't want it to make it look like a fast food, you know, quote unquote movie, fast food movie, where it's like cute and kitschy. You know, we were trying to get away from that look. So I was, that intrigued me. And also, Andrew, um, the script was very interesting. You know, I never read a story like that before. And I saw Andrew's, his documentary. And I was really impressed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it, for me, um, looking at how most of it, uh, you know, took place in one location, um, with a few exceptions, it almost feels like a stage play in a way. Yeah.
0: You mm-hmm. know, and I like yeah. that.
1: I really yeah. like that about yeah. when you you get minimalist with the the locations, mm-hmm. you then you can focus more on what's happening. And, yeah. And another thing I like about the film is Richard Jenkins the way he played his part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, if I read the script, yeah. I would have no idea, no idea,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, really. How, I mean, Jenkins' contribution to the dialogue and just oh his God, little yeah. nuances, like, that's what's so yeah. cool about yeah. scripts versus an executed film. Mm-hmm. It is you're like, oh my gosh, Jenkins really, uh, and everybody did in the yeah. film, but, yeah. but, you know, especially Jenkins' oh, performance, yeah. like the yeah. little, um, I guess after he makes a joke that his nobody thinks is funny. Yeah. And he does his little, huh, yeah. his little laugh, you know. <laughs>
0: that laugh always kills me. I don't
1: know that. I, <laughs> I doubt that that was in the script, but.
0: No, it's like, it kind of, none of it is really improv, but all those little like mannerism and gestures, like those are things that the actors kind of like develop, you know, as the, during the shoot. And, you know, and a lot of things that, that's why I try to use production design to like, really make the actors feel at home. Like they have been, you know, Stanley, like that's Stanley's home. Like he has a home in the movie, but he spends more time in the restaurant than in his actual home. You know, there are things that you can add to the set to make the actors feel more comfortable and more um, feel more like that character as well. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of helps out, you know, I, I talk to the actors and I say, hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, there's a lot of discussions because we want them to feel really immersed in the set and feel like they really are that person, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, some of it is not, you know, they just, everyone kind of comes up with little things. And like, even in terms of scripts, in terms of production line as well, sometimes there's there are things that aren't scripted in there. And I'm like, hey, what do you think about if we did this? You know, like I did a film called Knives and Skin. It was released last year. And there was a scene where they're going through, there's a dead girl in the small town and they're going through her room. And so I was, like, talking to the director, Jennifer Reeder, who was, like, a phenomenal director as well. I was like, Jennifer, we're never going to see this character on the screen. Like, we see her in the beginning, and then she dies. So the only times we can really find out about her character is through her room when they're searching her room. So, you know, in the script, it will say something like, they're looking through her room, but I would suggest some things like, what if we had, like, beautiful boxes and when you open the boxes inside would be something bizarre, like teeth. It's a weird film <laughs> <laughs> or like a dead mouse, you know, like yeah. you, just like a lot of secrets hidden in her room. So like, you know, you can have fun with like certain scripts. You're like, Hey, what do you think? Of? And then, you know, directors love that stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: And <laughs> so. probably the smaller the film, the more likely your voice is to be listened to and, and heard.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know? Um, It's a lot more intimate. Um, You know, like I, when I work on a film, I'm, you know, a I tell, when I talk to the director, I'm like, we're going on like a journey together. We're going to be like married for like three months, you know? So like we call each other like all the time, like, hey, have you seen this film? Hey, do you want to go watch this film? Hey, I saw this. I think that will be really cool. Like, you know, and I'll be like, oh, I went to see this art show. I think it might be interesting. You know, we just constantly talking to each other on the weekends and on, you know, um, just texting each other, emailing each other. Like, what do you think about this? You know, it's like, from the beginning to the end. Yeah. So, it, and it's, I love that part. I mean, I love being able to talk to the director like that, you know, I mean, it's it's fun.
1: <laughs> so what what do you think happened during your, what kind of um, experiences or classes or influences uh, helped you, you know, from childhood through your teens, mm-hmm. get to the point where you're at now, if you look back on your, your life?
0: Well, when I was younger, I painted a lot. I still paint here and there. For me, I thought painting was really helpful because it it helps you with composition and color, and um, placement. So that really helped me a lot. And then, you know, I never really did model makings, but a lot of times people I have other production art friends who do models. And they, you know, that helps them in their career because then they were able to build a physical model of the set.
1: The three D model.
0: Yeah, they yeah. some some of my friends do like an actual physical model. I, I do everything on I learned um I was trained with the computer. I think just during my time, like, you know, yeah. we started shifting more towards computers. So um a good thing to learn is like SketchUp is one program. When you work on a movie, you know, if, if you're the director and you say like, oh, I want um a brown chair, you know, or whatever. And what he thinks is a brown chair, what I think is a brown chair could be completely different. So it's like a very visual job where I have to show them, you know, either through renderings or references, like, okay, this is exactly what I'm kind of going for. You know, I mean? it's a lot of images exchange. Mm-hmm. So um,
1: so it sounds nice. like you were artistic to begin with. That was just <laughs> sort of in you yeah, as a child. yeah, And then you cultivated that over the years and that led to film school mm-hmm. and the way you're describing your approach to film it almost sounds like the set the set design the production design is another character in the film
0: totally yes very very much so it's um production design is so important because you just want every aspect of the film like you never want to take the audience out of that world you know you want them to enter this for whatever 2 hours of the film and just for that brief you know that moment of feeling that they are part of this different world for that t- amount of time, you know, whether it's realistic or unusual, you know, um, so everything on the screen you have to pay like close attention to, you know, even yeah. even nowadays, like on that Knives and Skin movie, we had to do a lot of visual effects and the production design is also kind of melding with visual effects now because you want like, you know, when they start putting things in post, you want those visual effects to look like the style of what you had intended for the entire film. Yeah. So like, you know, you, you just really wanna make sure that every little aspect of the film is gonna look the way you guys, you know, want to look.
1: Um, and looking at your filmography, I, I see a lot of uh, television work in addition to the film work. Mm-hmm. And, and I've talked mm-hmm. to some actors this week and and I asked them, you know, what do you prefer film versus television? <laughs> and you know, most of them don't yeah. care. It's It's mm-hmm. all about storytelling. But I know some of the actors told me, Hey, one of the goals, mm-hmm. I mean, the first and foremost, health insurance. Okay. <laughs> I want health insurance to do that, to become a series regular on yeah. television is sort of a, yeah. a financial goal sure. anyway. Um, now I noticed that your television work, I mean, you're working on some pretty cool shows, Garfunkel <laughs> and Oates and the exorcist. <laughs> what, what do you like about television work versus film work?
0: Honestly, I actually prefer film work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm more of a film person. Um, I like the vibe, the energy of the film set more than TV. Um, I work on TV shows just to kind of change it up a little. And also, you know, just for, um, on those TV shows, I'm not the designer, I'm like a buyer. I'm like, it's really, it's kind of a job for a paycheck to be honest. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I mean, I love TV, but movies to me, creatively are a lot more fulfilling. And I don't know why, I mean, it's just me, you know, other people might obviously will disagree. There's some really great television shows out there. The TV world is is very much like a machine. Um, you know, the directors constantly change, you know, there's, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like the, the feeling of the film where you start with the one director and end with them. Like, I like that journey with them, you know, Yeah. because they have had this vision, this story that they've wanted to tell for so long. So I like... I just, I know, I like prefer that. But,
1: yeah. yeah. I see what you mean about The Machine, especially with series yeah. like The Real World, where
0: <laughs> it's yeah. just like, all right,
1: we got we to gotta yeah. make bring out the worst in these people. How are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. But you also worked on some really reputable, very popular TV series. But it sounds like film is kind of your passion.
0: It is, definitely. Film is definitely my pa- I mean, I besides being a production designer, I also, I love filmmakers. Like I would love to make my own film one day. Actually, I went... I went to Thailand, um, I just, actually, I just got back. <laughs> then I came here, so, so I'm really tired. But, um, cause I'm writing a script based on my family story in Thailand. Oh,
1: very cool. Yeah,
0: so I brought, actually, I'm not, I came up with the story, but I have a screenwriter. And he came with me and he interviewed like my entire family, I showed him the locations. And you know, I just had this idea that I've been wanting to do for a while. Nice. So yeah.
1: What are the locations?
0: Oh cuz I I went to Thailand <laughs> oh, you did? Uh, um in
1: 2017 with my my middle daughter.
0: Oh okay Yeah, cool, we went cool.
1: to uh, Chiang Mai and um Phuket and Bangkok. Oh nice. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's going to be in Bangkok. Um I have, my family's also in industry in Thailand. Oh. They're actors. So, um my cousin Gap, he's an actor on like a bunch of th- they have a lot of TV shows in Thailand. So they have like soap opera kind of TV shows. They're called Lacans, but they are on those shows. So, we I actually approached him and pitched them the idea and he's He's interested. It's gonna be in Thai, not in English. So which isn't Thai is not my first language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. So it's it's gonna be a little tricky because I'm also, you know, I'm Thai, but I'm an American Thai person. Yeah. So um I have to make sure it doesn't look too cliche, you know. All but right? um, yeah. oh sorry, the locations are Bangkok Patea, and then it's a it's about a guy who loses his mother and he goes on a road trip to kind of find himself down to down south in Thailand.
1: Mm, So I love road trip movies.
0: Yeah. They're a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. So uh, my next question was going to be, where do you see yourself in 10 years, ideally? And and it sounds like you're (laughs) expanding your uh, horizons with um, screenwriting and actually producing and possibly directing a film.
0: Um, I don't know if I'll direct it. (laughs) That's a big question (laughs) Um, because directing is really hard. I mean, you know, it's, it, I mean, I don't even, I mean, I work with a lot of them. I'm just like, I don't know how you guys do it, you know? Because you're in, it's just, it's very, very difficult. Um, I'm not sure who's going to direct it, but I do know that I want to tell this story. It's, you know, because my family, I have a really huge family in Thailand. My grandmother was kind of like the, I mean, it's not like the farewell. Although oh, that whole scenario did happen to me. I don't know if you saw that film.
1: The, oh, the, the farewell. Uh, who was in it?
0: It was Aquafina. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, So my grandmother had passed-
1: that was a Sundance last year, right? I think I, I so. Think, yeah, 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 it yeah, was. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like, uh, it was it was very like a bi- traumatic moment for me, and it was also like the whole like we had a Buddhist burial, and I'd never really experienced that before, and I thought it'd be really interesting to show it on a film for an American audience, so they can see the process of it, and then also you know tell the story of this one guy who who is um trying to figure out who he is.
1: Yeah. Well, what are some things about the work that you do that if you had a choice, you wouldn't have to deal with it at all. Just super annoying, um, not interested in what? that aspect of, of uh, the job at all.
0: I think, well, for me, because I'm kind of a shy person, um, is like the networking and the interview process. You know, I mean, like if I'm into a film, I'm I'm very good at explaining visually to the director. But, like, you know, the promotion, promoting yourself, the networking, right? That part makes, gives me a lot of anxiety yeah. <laughs> because I, I, it's hard to talk about yourself, you know, do you need to sell yourself.
1: Yeah. You know? do, do you feel like there's pressure to be on social media to promote yourself as well?
0: Yes. And I did not know that, but a friend had shown me, it's like, hey, you should put your work up on your Instagram. And I was like, really? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a little older, so I'm kind of, like, not in that, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So then I started doing it. And actually, his advice worked. People had contacted me through Instagram and through social media, like, hey, you did this film? Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I was wondering if you're available to do this job in New York or whatever. I, I, you know, I don't, None of it actually, like, I, you know, worked out because my schedule was too busy. But a lot of people had contacted me via social media because, and, I, you know, I, I highly recommend that if you're an up and coming production designer or you're just starting out is to like definitely use that platform because it's free, you know, and um a lot of, and it's very easily accessible. Yeah. Um, And it could really show, you know, your work. And a lot of times they say to like you should have like a professional Instagram account, which is different than your personal. Right. Um, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of mix them together, but you know, I don't put any like crazy, and not that I have any like, you know, personal photos. On and, there.
1: and it's not, it's not fraught with the, uh, all of the, awful stuff that you see on facebook you know the politics and everything else it's oh. like instagram seems to be a a pure yeah way to yeah. connect with people that sure not yeah. complicated by that stuff
0: sure yeah totally yeah. and like um i you know i i also follow like other production designers instagram because now everybody does it you know mm-hmm. and i'm always curious to know what projects are working on and how they're doing things because um you know everybody has their own way of doing things and i'm I'm always trying to, I'm always learning. Like I'm never, you know, I never stop learning other ways to do and execute things on a film. So I'll, you know, follow their Instagram and try to see what they're doing as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, speaking of Instagram, where can people find you on Instagram, <laughs> or what's your handle and other forms <laughs> of social media?
0: Um, well, um, well, I have a website, um, but it's a little under construction right now because I hadn't had time. this This year's been a little bit nuts for me. My I have a website that has my work. My Instagram handle is Audrey Loves Pizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So... <laughs>
1: A-D-R... A-D-R-I. Loves, loves pizza. pizza. <laughs> okay.
0: I have two pizza tattoos, so... Okay. Yeah. Nice. kind of have a...
1: Well, Chicago girl, right? I yep. mean, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't love pizza? Yeah. <laughs> um, or on Facebook, it's just my name.
1: Okay. Yeah. Great. I and don't
0: really go on Facebook as much, but, you know... I
1: don't think anybody does. Yeah. If they're smart anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then future projects that we can look forward to seeing that you are excited about?
0: Well, I just shot this film it was called echo boomers in Salt Lake this summer and um it's in post right now and it's about the group of these kids who rob these I don't want to give too much but like, they rob these mansions and they steal the art and they sell it to this underground boss and that's played by michael shannon oh yeah so it's it's a it's gonna be a it's gonna be a kind of a cool film um
1: he, it he, was he would make a good underground boss. oh yeah he's yeah.
0: he's a uh, He's intense. <laughs> yeah. um, but that film we had to like, you know, we shot inside mansions all around Utah. I had to build the interiors of mansions on a stage and um, we, and then we had to destroy them all. It was so much destruction. I, it was it was insane. But that one is right now in post and um, Seth Savoy is a director. he's he's working on that. He's fantastic. And then um, there is another film that is in development with Jennifer Reeder. Jennifer Reeder is the director of Nisman Skin. She is a phenomenal director, like, true visionary. Like, she just has these crazy, wacky scripts that I love. I mean, they're like a production designer's dream. It's like, you know, and so she's working on this film with WTF Films, um, this French company, and the film is called Perpetrator. But I'm not allowed to discuss what the film's about, but I did read the script, and it's gonna be weird <laughs> oh cool it's gonna be really I mean, you're know, never you're not gonna see like I don't know where she gets her ideas but like you're not gonna see a film like this like I've never seen a film you know the story I've never seen one like this before awesome so yeah sounds exciting oh it's super! I'm so stoked I can't wait to start that one
1: awesome Audrey yeah. thanks for being on the podcast thanks hey thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the dream path podcast if so I have a favor to ask Can you go to your favorite podcast service and give me a rating and review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. I appreciate your time. And as always, go find your dream path.